Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. This is Bloomberg Business of Sports. The world's changing, and what are things we can do to, to transform our business and engage our fans globally in different ways? People are using their name and likeness to create more opportunities, more stakes in companies. In order to turn the organization around, we had to turn it around not only just on the baseball operations side, but on the business operations side. Football and any other sport is very difficult, but I like to broaden my horizons and be able to expand sports. You need to be consumed live, and that's a big competitive advantage for intellectual property holders of sports content in the media landscape. Bloomberg Business of Sports from Bloomberg Radio. Hello, I'm Michael Barr. And I'm Mike Lynch. And I'm Scarlett Fu. in for Jason Kelly. This is the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast where we explore the big money issues in the world of sports. All right, who has the tissues? Because I was crying too. Lionel Messi was crying. He has formally accepted a two-year contract offer and has exited Barcelona. All those years, Scarlett, all those years that he has been there, this is a big rumble in the soccer world. 21 years he's been affiliated with the club. I think he was there when he was a kid and just kind of grew up in the system. I'm not really sure what Barcelona was thinking. I mean, the tweet that they sent out originally saying that they could not come to terms with everything put the blame on the league, La Liga. And I'm not sure what they were thinking because they had all this time to work something out. And it seems like, were they just counting on La Liga to, to cave and offer some kind of exemption for everyone to be able to live happily ever after? Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. And I'm with you. I'm wondering what, what was Barcelona thinking. Is you're going to let go of the guy who made your franchise, mm-hmm. Lynchy? I, I don't understand that. Uh, well, take it from someone who has actually felt it up here in New England, Tom Brady, 20, 20 years with the Patriots. Sorry, <laughs> and then, sore spot, man. <laughs> yeah, decided to go to Tampa and then win a Super Bowl when he got down to Tampa. So people in New England, I think, are feeling the pain of the people in Barcelona right now. But they're in just so much debt. I mean, almost $1.2 billion in debt. And if, if they signed him to, if they, to the deal that they had with him, they would have been like 110% uh, over budget. So uh, he had to go. They couldn't afford him, and uh, viva la France at 47 large per year. But, you know, they couldn't afford him beforehand when they said they were working on stuff and they were going to work it out. I mean, didn't the team just sign his BFF, I I think, a couple of weeks ago or a couple months ago? I mean, they had every intention of re-signing Lionel Messi, and there was no indication that they were actually going to split ways. So it's just incredibly poor management, but I suppose that's not surprising, Lynchy, given that Barcelona is one of the founding members of the Super League, which died spectacularly. <laughs> and, I, and, and I think that was their master plan all along, to just uh, just exit and go join the Super League, and that would take care of everything, because the television revenue coming into that proposed Super League would have been enormous. But that thing lasted about a day and a half, and it was gone. And then they thought their next life raft was the CBC Capital Partners coming in, infusing mm. La Liga with $3.5 billion. But the caveat there was that only 15% of that investment could go towards player salaries, which was not even close enough to pay um, Messi in Barcelona. So he's gone. Yeah, but what happens now? I wonder how much of this has to do with 
the coronavirus and the pandemic and the impact this has had on all the teams. Well, some it's teams huge. managed things better, didn't they? I mean, there are other teams that, that have, obviously, they couldn't collect the revenue from, from people seeing the games live, but like some have been better at just managing the finances. Speaking of uh, watching the games, uh, Lynchy, <laughs> did you watch the Olympics at any time? I watched a couple of times, and I happened to see a couple of moments that were gripping. And it was one of the lasting images that I will have of, of the Olympics was that the, the two high jumpers from Qatar and, uh, and Italy both tied at 7 feet 9 inches. They both failed three times at 7 feet 10 inches, which is the world record. And they looked at each other, and they said, do you want to share the gold? And the official said, yeah, you can share the gold. And they started jumping up and down like five-year-olds. Uh, and, and I thought that, to me, that was the lasting image of of these games in Tokyo. Did you watch it live, Linji, or did you watch it on demand? Because I find that I every know. time I watch things on demand, they edit it in a really weird way where it, it's very jumpy and I don't actually see the, the drama build up. I'm not, you know, it's it's so hard to tell whether you're watching live or not because or pseudo live. We yeah. Uh, I know I was lying on the couch looking for golf or something and I stumbled across it and I said, <laughs> oh, this looks kind of interesting. And uh, I remember before the Farsbury flop, everybody had to go over the lake first and I was watching these guys going over nearly eight feet backwards. But I did not watch a lot of it live and I think we've been having this discussion for a couple of weeks because you know what the results are yeah. and by by the time you wake up and have your breakfast and what's the point? Well, speaking of the competition, and, and we were just talking, we're talking about this uh, several days ago. The horse competition, and I did not know this. <laughs> that, that was wait, the horse competition meaning equestrian? Yes, it, it, that's a it was a disaster. What happened because I didn't know that you can't bring your own horse. You have to oh. take a horse. Wait, I didn't know this either. I, I didn't know this either, that you have to take a horse that's there. So the the rider gets like, you know, like 20 minutes or whatever, you know, to say, hey, how you doing, Mr. Oh. Ed, and all this, whatever. Well, then the horses didn't react the way they're supposed to react. And one person who was in the lead, the whole thing went up in smoke because the horse is like, uh-uh, I'm not going over that. No, no. Interesting. So I was wondering about this because I started to watch some of the dressage, dressage? I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, dressage. Dressage, thank you, event. And mm -hmm. I was totally confused as to whose skill was on display, whether it was the horses or the, <laughs> the rider, because it just didn't make sense. I mean, there's a lot of like prancing and galloping and, you know, crossovers. If, if you're, you know, if you've ever been to a youth hockey practice, it was a lot of crossovers, right, over the blue line. And I just thought this is so bizarre. And yet I wasn't sure how you could get your horse over if you were in Germany or in Sweden. And now it makes sense, right? Because you yeah. come in, you meet a random horse, and then you have to have it perform. Well, I, I, how do you win anything if the horse doesn't even know you, Lynchy. How does yes. this happen? What if you don't speak the same language? It, that's what I'm saying. It, it's, you know, I, I'm trying to talk Mr. Ed, and all of a sudden, I've got, you know, my friend Flicka, and it's like, it's not, I'm sorry, I went way old on on everybody. I'm, I'm with you. It, you. Thanks, man. Uh, you know, <laughs> Scarlett's giving me this look like, what is this old man talking about? <laughs> but I, I, I'm just shocked. Well, there was some good news the daughter of bruce springsteen uh jessica springsteen yeah i think she, she yeah. won bronze or silver silver i believe yeah, I think, but yeah. correct me if i'm wrong Lynchy. 
Think Horse Whisperer. That's what I'm thinking about. I'm, I'm going back to my friend Flicker and Mr. Ed. Think Horse Whisperer. <laughs> that, might, that might bridge the gap between generations. <laughs> Love it. Oh, you know what? One stat that I really liked about the Olympics was that we know that Team USA won. It prevailed in gold medals and in total mm-hmm. medal count, but it was because of the women. Um, the USA team finished with yes. 66 medals in women's event. That's the most for any nation ever. The men only won 41 medals, which was the fewest for Team USA uh, since, what, the late 1800s. So that's, you know, good on women. That's right. If you want something done right, you get the ladies because yeah. they'll take care of it. They, I, I think the, the, the medal count altogether was 113. And 39 gold, and the U.S. squeaked out over China to take all the as the most gold medals also at the Olympics. But the ratings, though, I, I wonder about it. I want to see what the final ratings are, Scarlett. Well, the ratings, I mean, like Lynchy was saying, you already knew the scores, so it was a matter of whether you really wanted to watch the highlights or not. And again, I go back to that idea that just watching some of the highlights, they edited it in a really weird way, like the 4 by 100 meter relay, for instance. They only edited in the parts where you pass the baton. You don't actually see the race when they're going down the straightaway. That's really confusing. Really? Why would they do that? Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine that that's what the sponsors signed up for either. Now, was that on the Olympic Channel or on, the, or on NBC? It was on the NBC Sports app. Oh, okay. Well, that that might be it. Um, I, I I watched in some of the races, uh, and and I saw the whole race in its entirety. I, mm. I just can't remember what platform I'm watching it on all the time. And sometimes it says you can watch the basketball game for four dollars and ninety nine cents. Okay, I'm going on to the next one. Right. You know, years ago, I mean, th- there was seven thousand hours of the Olympics on television. It's obviously it, it's an avalanche. It's just too much to ingest and digest. Uh, years ago, ABC did everyone a favor by editing and condensing a twelve hours worth of action into three hours of prime time, and you basically they gave you what you needed to know, mm-hmm. and this is this was very very hard. I mean, to, to to digest all that was thrown at you in the Olympics and pick out a poignant moment of what stood out for you. And and as you said, Scarlett, I don't know if I'm watching something live or edited. And you can obviously could tell in that relay race that it was edited, but. You know, unless they had the little alive icon up in the corner of the screen, it was very hard to tell. Yeah, there are too many choices. And yes, you could find whatever event you wanted to watch, but you had to be prepared to to dig around for, you know, 10, 20 minutes before you actually found it. And by that time, why don't you just go on YouTube? And by cracking, back in my day when Jim McKay was calling it, the film came back at Idlewild and we watched it and we loved it back then. And we liked it that way. And we were thankful to get That's true. I mean, that's the way they had to do it back then is that the the film had to come back from wherever they were doing the Olympics and then they would be able to show it. Right. So they had to fly. But speaking of flying, because I'm a degenerate gambler. Yes, I am. I admit it. Uh, (laughs) DraftKings, they have reached an agreement to acquire Golden Nugget Online Gaming in an all-stock transaction, Scarlett. You know, the first thought I had when I saw this headline was, Okay, Golden Nuggets, that's basically online gaming, right? I mean, it's just casino-style games. DraftKings, once upon a time, was full-on selling this idea that they are games of skill, um, not games of luck, right? Games of luck is, is full-on gambling, but you know, fantasy sports was games of skill. Now it's, you know, we've given up all pretense of that because on sports gambling is legal. Sports well, betting is, I, is I okay. I am still a fan that... If you go fantasy, it is a game of skill because you have – first of all, you have to do your homework because you're not going to win a, a tootin' thing if you don't do your homework How much all. homework do you do, Barr? I do a lot. 
Yeah. I, because in fact, we got the NFL draft that's coming up, and already it's like, okay, I got to go through this team. I got to go through that team. It's like, who's going to go? Who's going to be high? What players do I want? I mean, you can go on and on and on. And I almost picked Lynchy for like my kicker because he's like <laughs> magnificent at what he does. But, but you know, Lynchy is. It's like, what do you? What do you make of this? Because especially now, uh, you know, Massachusetts is chomping at the bit to talk about yep. online gambling. So what do you think? I think Colorado's coming in today. So the list yeah. is growing. And the line between professional sports and legalized gambling is becoming more blurred every single day. And I always, I've always i mentioned this before in the show. I wonder what Pete Rose, who's been banned for a lifetime for yeah. gambling on baseball, what he's thinking about right now when he can walk into Wrigley Field and go to a kiosk and bet on something that may or may not happen in the 7th, 8th, or ninth inning. He's born 40 years too early. Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. Just think of what he could do with that. You know, I know you guys probably talked about this already, but Evander Kane and, and, you know, players that kind of put themselves in a position to affect the outcome of sports and uh, specific games. I still don't quite understand how someone on a team sport like hockey can do that. You're not really able to affect the outcome. I mean, because we've seen superstars on teams that can't, you know, get their team to a, a 50, you know, a 500 season. Well, the way you do it, is let's say for instance, and it, you can do it in hockey, you can do it in basketball, you can do it whatever. Uh, what you where you make the money is someone might come to you and say, "Hey, listen, kid, uh, okay, go ahead and win the game, but uh, don't cover the spread, okay?" We but can... you can't win a game by yourself as a player on a team sport. No, we, but we don't I have can, that ability. I can hold the ball. Let's say I'm playing basketball. It's like I can hold the ball and maybe shoot a shot that, uh, well, let's say it goes a little left or it goes a little mm. right. I, I can dribble, do that. Dri- yeah, dribble the ball off your knee or something like that. Assuming hockey, you're on the court at the time or assuming you're on the ice, like at the pivotal moment, no? Well, uh, okay, let's say in hockey, um, let's say there's an empty net and you are favored by one goal and you're up by one goal, but you don't want to win by two goals because mm. the other team's getting a goal and a half. So it's an empty net and you fire it down the end of the ice and, oh, I missed the net. Oops. <laughs> or you could take a stupid penalty and give the other team a power play. Or if you're a goalie, I mean, the goalie is the one person that can change the outcome of a hockey game. Okay, so uh, that's the one we have to be careful of, not Evander Kane. Correct, correct. Yeah, but, I uh, mean, it, but but there's still a, a, a cog in the machinery. Mm. It, it it still can happen. It's, I get, But obviously, yeah, the goalie... You know, all of a sudden, it's like you know, <laughs> my my hand is weak. I can't get my hand up what on. What happened to my glove? I dropped my stick again. <laughs> I mean, it, it it can happen. I just I, I now it, we're we're talking. We're we're getting more into uh, yeah. on a totally different topic about affecting somebody mm-hmm. on the ice, and and you know, Benny the bookie is like giving a talk in the ear. But one thing we were talking about, Scarlett, uh, before we went on the air is the in-game betting, and I adore that. Wait, so explain how you would watch a typical baseball game then with your in-game betting, because I'm old school, and I still kick back and watch the game. I you know, flip the channel, and I'm like, oh, this is boring. Then I can surf the web at the same time, and I'll just kind of look up every once in a while if there's something interesting. But you've taken it to new levels where every moment is exciting. Oh, yeah. Okay, let's say uh, the Detroit Tigers played the Cleveland Indians uh, for the series recently. And there's a point in the game, uh, and I'm just making something up, where uh, maybe let's let's say Cleveland is favored to win the game. But as we're going on, all of a sudden, the Detroit Tigers load the bases. 
Now all now the odds are going to change, mm-hmm. and and it's just like. <laughs> I don't want to be insulting to anybody on Wall Street, but it's a lot like the stock market because you're going to see those odds change. All of a sudden, it's like, okay, originally I was betting, uh, you know, I put up uh, 80 to win 100. Now, all of a sudden, now that the bases are loaded, now I got to put up 120 to win 100. It changes. It, it, I mean, it really is amazing. And you want to hopefully catch that before it changes to 120. And the amazing thing there, Lynchy, is that this can happen for boring series as well as exciting yes. series, right? Correct. This is always until that horn sounds or the last out is made, that, that everything is in play. In play betting, they call them, or in game betting or live betting. And it just, you know, this people that just can't get enough of it. Uh, and look like they're going to be going down the down the toilet. They just run over and they just uh, double down on on something they think is going to happen by the end of the game. I've heard that toilet flush many times while I was yes. gambling online. <laughs> I feel bad. Now. I, I look. I don't want you all to think I'm a degenerate gambler. You're the one who's been saying that, Mike Barr. But I'm speaking as a degenerate gambler. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I admit, I, I, I like. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, don't, don't be stupid. It's like I'm going to make a living out of this. No, you're not. But you can have. Do you a, think overall you're net up or net down? Uh, I am say I, I'm net up, but it's not by much mm. because it's it's hard for me. Uh, you know, it, I'm like you in a way. It's like okay, I'll make the initial bet. And then, you know, I don't have time sometimes to watch the game intently right. the way I want to. Uh, and then, you know, of course, my wife says, hey, why don't you go mow the grass? And that's the end of that. Uh, but so, but that, that's part of the reason why a lot of money is made in the in-game betting. I mean, it's a heck of a lot. And that's why every arena and stadium needs really strong Wi-Fi, too. Yes, I'd be there. Uh, this is the Bloomberg Business of Sports Podcast. I'm Michael Barr. You can follow me on Twitter, gambling at Big Bar Sports. And I always defer and yield the floor to Big Bar whenever gambling comes around, and I will always do so as long as I'm on this show. I'm Mike Lynch. You can follow me at Lynchy WCBB. And I'm Scarlett Foo. I'm at Scarlett Foo on Twitter. We're here, of course, each and every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. We're exploring everything to do with the world of money and sports. Seven out. By the way, you're listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports on Bloomberg Radio around the world and online wherever you get your podcasts. You got to know when to hold up. Know when to fall up. Know when to walk away. Know when to run. You never count your money When you're sitting at the table There'll be time enough for count When the deal's done Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.